The following message was recorded at Bethlehem Baptist Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. More information can be found online at Bethlehem.Church. So um, that's my that's my little my little fur baby right there. So um, as Natalie mentioned, I got my master's in counseling in 2005, and basically did not have a what God was going to do with me with this. So um, he's had me since then working with a lot of high risk. Um, sure. Oh, sorry. sorry. No, that's fine. <laughs> All right. So he's had me working with a lot of high risk, high trauma clients over the years, which comes with a lot of high emotion. Um, and what I had to learn is how to get comfortable with high emotion as I work with these clients. And it comes out pretty intensely sometimes. And so um, having to learn, having grown up in a very conservative, we kind of keep it um, to ourselves home, I had to learn what it looked like when people were a lot more comfortable with letting it out. And then I realized as they were letting it out, they were getting healthier. So that encouraged me to start looking at what is, what is the pro of getting it out of your system? What's the pro of feeling it? What's the pro of just saying, Lord, this is where I'm at, so help me do this? Yeah. All right, so let's talk about feelings for a second. These are obviously extremes, and I'm sure you're all moms, so I'm guessing you all have felt these extremes. <laughs> yes. Um, maybe even this morning, that second one might have been you this morning, as, as recently as trying to get kids out of the house. Um, trying to figure out what to do with yourself, trying to get your shoes on as your kids are getting their shoes on and thinking, I probably forgot something. And so sometimes even just the word emotions or feelings can bring up some pretty intense emotions and feelings. And so there often are um, kind of beliefs that we come up with as we, as we are raised, as we're in our different cultures or the different groups that are around about emotions, some um, stigma some preconceived ideas, some expectations as far as what you do with them, whether it's okay to have them or not. So that's what we're going to hang out with today. So um, I'm going to do just a little bit of group participation on this. So popcorn, prayer it out. Um, so just as you have ideas, as you have thoughts on this, pop it out. But as women, as as wives, as moms, as human beings that have emotions, what are some of the common ones that you have experienced? You just throw it out there. Anger? Yeah. Okay. We have anger or frustration, anxiety so far. What are some common situations that you deal with day to day that bring up these strong emotions? This will be you. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's a big one for sure. That's a that's a big one that I hear from moms a lot. There's there's a thing called mom shame that comes up quite a bit, where a lot of times moms are juggling so many things and they just feel like they're not doing any of them very well. And so that's something that I kind of want to address in this today too. Of sometimes that is the biggest one. I'm thinking I'm not getting this right. I was short with my kids. They're not listening to me. I must be messing them up. And so there are all kinds of things that come up with that. So 
for just a few minutes, I want you to talk at your tables about just some beliefs, past or present, about emotions that you've had. Um, maybe beliefs that other people have told you is the right way to, to feel or believe about emotions. What's okay or not okay as far as kind of express them. And just kind of talk amongst yourselves for just three or four minutes um, about what, what you grew up believing or what your beliefs have been about it. Um, any brave souls that want to share what your experience was? There's plenty of talking going on, so I know that there was a man. So, any any brave folks want to say just kind of um, stigmas attached, or um, any times that it just maybe felt shameful to have emotions or express emotions? Did anybody else have kind of that situation where you got emotional parents were kind of like, okay, go take care of yourself for a while until you figure it out and then come back? I have seen that quite a bit. And a lot of times that when parents are uncomfortable with strong emotions too. And so when their kids have certain emotions, they don't know what to do with it. So they kind of panic a little bit. They're like, go, 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 go. And then when your face is normal and neutral, come on back. So and unfortunately, that's pretty common um, for that to happen. So Let's talk a little bit about what God did with our emotions. And even from a science perspective, how he built our bodies to deal with emotions. So uh, if any of you are any of you brain specialists in here, because this is gonna hurt your heart if you are. So okay. So this is lay, lay terms. Okay, I'm not a I'm not a professional on this part of it, but um, in our brains. There's this top part that's not fully really developed until we're 25, closer to 28 for the guys. But that is the logical part. That's the uh, reasoning part, logical part, um, working memory. So it's a very task-oriented, very focused. But God also created this lit-up part of our brains called the limbic system. The limbic system is the experience of life. It's the emotions. It's how things are impacting us. It's where creativity happens and the sensation, the impressions of things. And a lot of times we don't even know what's happening in there because it happens so fast. <laughs> that part of our brain works about eight to 10 times faster than that logic part of our brain. So when you're feeling those really quick emotions popping up, it's because your limbic system got a head start. So, and then afterward, once that logical part caught up, you kind of think, oh no, what just happened? And oh, I've got to fix some things. Um, that also is connected to that tube that you kind of see running down it. That's called the brainstem. So that's when your body needs to get involved in the emotions or whatever's going on. That brainstem um, kind of sends a thing down your body of if there's fear. It says, hey, body, I need you to get ready for that. If there is frustration, Suddenly you're feeling maybe a little tensing up, a little tightening, maybe some fists. Um, something is happening as that brainstem is sending a message to your body. This happens with shivering. It happens with all kinds of other responses that your body is having to the emotions and whatever the limbic system is, is um, experiencing. The other part of that limbic system is called your amygdala. So if you're being chased by a bear, that amygdala is fantastic because that's what kicks in when you're in danger. That amygdala is there to help you stay safer. And that is why it, it works so quickly. Because when you're in that moment of danger, you don't have time to really think through what to do. Your system kind of takes over, gets you to a safe spot. That put all of that in there. That's how he wired us. 
So when you experience a lot of shame of, oh no, I had this really intense reaction. Well, yeah, that's, some of the wiring is happening there. So this is another thing that's interesting. Scientists have um, found ways to figure out what emotions people are experiencing by not only vibrations in the body that are happening, but um, the level of heat in the body. So I don't know, can you see which emotions are what? Okay. So happiness, interesting. Like the Hawaii. The whole body is, is experiencing that one. It's a higher level of intensity. Um, anger, fear, disgust, sadness. You see kind of that bluer part. Those bluer parts mean they're just kind of shutting down. They're kind of overloaded, overwhelmed, and they're just kind of kind of a low vibration in there. And so a lot of times when you think about really, really intense emotions that you have, Think about what your body is experiencing during those high emotion times. You're feeling it a whole lot more. So let's say you're super excited about something. You're going to feel that physically a whole lot more than when you're just calm or resting. If you're feeling, I don't, do any of you, you actually don't have to raise your hand. Any road ragers in here? Do you know what your body's feeling like? <laughs> Thank you for owning that. That was good. Um, there, um, there are vibrations that you feel. In your body, with the road rage, you're kind of tensing up, you're feeling it, versus when you're just kind of sad, things are more relaxed. So it does show up in our bodies. Bodies are just kind of responding to what, what messages we're getting from the brain. So God in his goodness knows that we have four lives. And so one of the things that he gave us to kind of process some of those really intense emotions is sleep. So during REM sleep, that limbic system is very active. That amygdala is really active. During REM sleep, your brain is processing what it received during the day. The new information, the new movements. It's smiling and sorting. How many of you have seen the movie Inside Out? <laughs> okay, it's really cute, but also it has a lot of accuracy to it. And so um, your brain really does discard some things that's not needed. File some things for later, puts it into long-term working memory. Sometimes it puts it into a to-do list for later because they can't quite figure out what to do with that. Run sleep by itself is amazing. It processes a lot of emotions. It, it processes the impact of life. Um, the problem is that we are so busy and we're cramming so much information into our poor brains all the time, every day, all day, that run sleep sometimes isn't enough to process through the things that have happened. And so that's why when you notice you're awake and you're feeling super anxious and you're frustrated and it feels sometimes like you're jumping out of your skin, your brain didn't get enough of that processing time to get through those things. So for REM sleep with emotions, it just means that our God is really loving and really merciful. He gave our brains an opportunity to process really hard things while we're resting. Um, we're not having think actively about it. We're not having to do anything actively about it. He just says, you're child sleep, and I'm going to have your brain work through some of the stuff that you experienced, that it's really merciful and very nice. So what happens during those times that run sleep isn't enough when there's so much happening and you're so stressed out? Um, this can also be from past trauma that you haven't been able to work through. Um, Accidents happen, lots of things can happen, even a scare. I 
Any of you um, with the kids, they fall, they bump into things, they, they're pretty kamikaze, they're terrifying. So it's it's those times that kind of get your adrenaline going and you don't always have a chance to really process that. So when your emotions aren't getting released, all kinds of not great things can happen. Um, illness, your immune system tends to not be so strong because there's so much trying to get processed that's just kind of getting backed up. That can include autoimmune disorders, feeling really overwhelmed, um, mood changes that don't make sense, where you just kind of think, oh my goodness, I've been so moody lately and I don't know why. Nothing's really changed. I don't know what this is. Um, the body detox processes slow down. They get fogged up. Your muscles and your tissue hold on to the tension. How many of you are familiar with fascia in your body? Okay. So fascia is just kind of a really complex web of kind of spider webby looking tissues throughout your body that hold everything inside together. When super tense, that stuff gets knotted up and tight, and then that gets in the way of you being able to feel and move freely and you know get things. So stuff kind of gets locked up in there too. Distorted thinking is a whole lot easier when those emotions are not released. Lies from the enemy are so much easier to believe when you're exhausted, when you're stressed, when things just are not going great. Harder to sleep, harder to shut your brains off. Um, higher levels of depression and anxiety. Easier to isolate because you might just be over people. You might be so peopled out. You've had little ones clinging to you all day and crying, and sometimes you need to just start isolating at that point. It can also cause less desire to spend time with the Lord. You might be so fried that just reaching out to him feels overwhelming to you. Um, less wisdom in decision making. How many of you make the best, most important life changing decisions when you're exhausted? <laughs> <laughs> Not a great idea. Not a great idea to do that. So, blow ups. The emotions are going to come out, but then they come out sideways. They're not coming out in ways that are super beneficial or helpful. And so those are the times that you are seeing yourself snapping at your kids or your husbands or other people or just shaming yourself even if you're not an outward exploder or something that's landing on yourself. Just a horrible and horrible mom and this and that. It can come out sideways. And it also, with all of that stress hanging out, every time you're stressed, you'll have that adrenaline hit. You get flooded with hormones. You get flooded with stress chemicals, and it really does um, kind of mess up the hormonal balance in there. So there's some voluntary and involuntary releases for emotions. Um, tears, often involuntary, are a really good one, and we'll talk a little bit more about tears later. Um, sweating, when you're stressed, angry, whatever, sometimes the emotions are coming out in sweating. Extreme temperature flashes, and I'm not talking hot flashes. These are cold or hot flushes. You're just kind of feeling suddenly cold, suddenly hot. Um, yawning. This is not what a lot of people realize, but when you are just kind of settling down for the night, how many of you notice you're starting to yawn more? It's your body releasing stuff in the day. You're getting some stuff out. Um, shaking, shivering. Not usually voluntary burping, and I said it depends on the person because let's just be honest, we've got some very happy, proud burpers out there. <laughs> and flatulence also depends on the person. Sometimes not, though. Sometimes you don't see it coming and it's coming out. That's your body's way of letting go of things, too. 
Most of us don't realize that. But one of the things that gets locked up with the emotional stuff is our, our digestive systems get kind of lumpy. And so when your body is trying to release some things, that sometimes comes out in the not so exciting ways. And sometimes a little more American ways. It's just your body letting go of things. So more intentional ones, moving, just moving. How many of you are runners, bikers, just enjoy movement? Going for walks, okay. That is a really excellent way of getting that emotion out. It's getting things out and saying, okay, body, you need some movement, you need some releases to this. Staying is a great one. Um, Staying actually taps into your limbic system. So um, if you see people that are phenomenal at getting their emotions out in poetry or song, that have a really hard time just speaking their emotions, it's because they're getting it out from their limbic system, not from the frontal cortex. Laughing, voluntary, involuntary, depends on what's going on, but that's also where we get run together, release out. Okay, so popcorn answer this one for me too. What are thoughts about crying? Or things that you can think about crying. She was right. That is true. That's it. 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 Crying for a second because again, that is amazing how we wired our systems. So there was a 2014 study done that talks about the effect that crying has on people as far as um, soothing them, pain relief, all of that. Crying actually kicks up, gets your your parasympathetic nervous system activated, which is the part of your nervous system that's calming you down. So crying actually calms you down. So what a lot of people don't realize is. When you're crying from a place of stress, your tears have chemicals, stress chemicals coming out in them because the formulas for stress tears has some of that release of stress chemicals. So the stuff that was stuck in your body is now coming out through your tears. Um, tears also release happy chemicals in your brain. So oxytocin is the chemical that gets released when you are having um, just contact with a loved one. So holding hands, hugging, gazing at each other. It's the same release when you are enjoying your sleeping child and just you know feeling all the love. Oxytocin is releasing your system. The endorphins are also those happy chemicals. Those are released in the emotional tears. Um, it is it is comforting, it is soothing, it releases happy chemicals. Tears also can aid in sleep. So, um, you might laugh at me asking, how many of you have had one of your children have a full meltdown before? <laughs> yes, right? Okay. So, when they have a full meltdown, and I'm not talking a kind of meltdown where they keep looking at you to see how you're reacting, that's not a real meltdown. But the ones where they are like inconsolable, logic is not going to work, they just have to work it out of their systems. What happens when they're done? What happens when that meltdown is finished? Sometimes super tired too, right? Sometimes they're just worn out and they just, they want cuddle time or they're ready to take a nap or whatever it happens to be. That crying, that full meltdown, um, I 
actually releases that pain really were affecting them. And they're ready to rest. They're they're done, they're tapped out. How many of you have had a really, really good cry and feel so tired afterward? <laughs> right. And that's the effects of, of our tears. That design of those tears with pain relievers in them, with happy chemicals in them, with different formulas based on where they're coming from, it's okay with us crying. There's no shame in that. He designed that to be a complete thing. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about what scripture says about emotions. So we know God created emotions. We just talked about how he designed our bodies to process them. But as we know, emotions have also been impacted by the fall. And so it is always important, whatever the emotions are, to just bring out before the Lord. Because he knows where they're coming from. And he's so, so patient with us, regardless of what the emotions are. Um, he keeps track of our tears. Our tears are not a small thing to him. He, he knows where they're coming from. He loves us. He keeps track of it. He needs us where we are with those. He also sees the pain of this life, and the promise is that he will one day like their tears. For those who love him, we have the promise and the hope that it's not always going to be like this. There's going to be a day where there are no more tears, no more pain, no more death, no more mourning. And when our tears are in the right place, he's very patient with us. Uh, we see that at different times in scripture. Um, Jonah, Elijah, is like, I'm the only prophet. And God says, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna give you some food. I'm going to give you some shelter. All right. Let's keep going. And so he just is still so patient. There was no gavel, no yelling, no thunder, no lightning. He just met them where they were. So, the folks in scripture were pretty emotive. They were not, uh, they were not shy about their emotions. They weren't afraid of their emotions. They let it out. So, David, we saw dancing and shouting and weeping, and there were so many examples of that. His wife was embarrassed by his shouting and dancing in the street, scantily clad. And so, but God was not. He saw that as praise and worship. And God, God saw that as, as an offering of emotion. Nehemiah's anger when he saw what the people had done to the house of God. Jacob tore his clothes and put on sackcloth when he thought Joseph was dead. Ezra pulled out his hair and was tearing his clothes when he found out about the unfaithfulness of the people. The woman washing Jesus' feet with her hair and weeping, Jesus wasn't shooing her away. He actually said, you know what? In the right spot. At that time, professional mentors were brought in whenever there were kinds of grief and crisis. They kind of got the ball rolling and they were loud. I don't know if any of you have heard keening. Keening is you can't be unaffected by keening. If you don't know what that is or have never heard it, look it up. It's, it's I mean, just listening to it, you just can't help but be moved by that. So these professional mentors were called in during those times and it would get the ball rolling on people just kind of getting it out. The Israelites, when they had been rebelling and turned back to the Lord, you see a lot of a lot of emotion coming out. And then the entire book of Lamentation, Psalms, Job, Prophet, there's so many examples of Lord people just really blessing those emotions. So a lot of times when we talk about getting our emotions out, we feel like we're complaining. We're saying, oh, I don't want to be a complainer. I don't want to. I don't want to grumble. 
But the great work of the spinner is one who is just in front of with a lot of light, and that pushes you away from God. It's grumbling, it's complaining. But the definition of lament is it's the cry of your heart. It's crying out to God in a way that he knows your pain without you even having to use words because he's so specifically and that brings you closer to heaven. So um, we, I'm going to kind of speed through these a little bit, but there are ways that we can handle emotions well and ways that we handle emotions and not so well. Um, you don't have to admit to any of these, but just I think most of us have done these things at different times, shoving it down, bashing people when we're upset with them, denying our real emotions happening, taking it out of other people, um, over-spiritualizing it. I want to hang out with that for just a minute. This is when we're uncomfortable with emotion and we start lobbing scripture at people or ourselves. This is the I'm not comfortable with it, and so I'm going to throw some verses at you. This is not the same as, as giving us comfort. So when it's given as comfort or you're looking at it, you're <laughs> as comfort and seeking comfort from the Lord, that's very different than this. Um, comparing our suffering to the suffering of others who never helpful, um, just because our stories are different and we're affected by different things. Helpful approaches, crying out to the Lord, um, seeking him in prayer, looking again for scripture, guidance, comfort, moving your body, ugly crying equals more cleansing. <laughs> so just just a note, ugly crying is good. Um, sit in sit his problems. If you don't have any words, he's there with you. It's okay to just sit with him and just be with him. And talk about it with godly friends, leaders. Emotions are a gift from God that just helps us measure what's going on in our lives. And so many times, if you really think, what are the circumstances and the situations of my life right now? Lots of times it will match the emotion you're feeling and just kind of measure them in the for that. All right. There are a lot of scriptures, and you can um, kind of go over these on your own, but there are a lot of scriptures where you see God's emotion as well rejoicing, loud singing, exulting over you, compassion. Um, slow to anger about the love, pity on his people who are suffering, um, grieved his heart, his first response, and then all the gavel. It's you we grieve him a lot of times when you're rebelling against him, it hurts his heart. Um the Lazarus, he groaned in spirit and was troubled when he saw their grieving and then he wept himself. Anger, jealousy when when these people are worshiping idols, and that's part of the idols as well. So we have all kinds of things that we tend to put first priorities. That also brings God's heart. He's jealous for us to be um, totally devoted. All right. So God in our big emotions, the response, He's close. He hears our cries. He's right there with us. He's quiet with us. He's patient with us. Um, again, no more suffering one day. He sets the lowly on the high, and those who want are left in safety. He's compassionate, he's a strength, comfort us, no matter what's going on, he can be right there with us. He's close to the brokenhearted, and he saves this profession spirit, he doesn't shut them away. And how are we supposed to respond to others' emotions? Weep with them, rejoice with them, sit with them, and carry each other's burdens comfort, encourage, all of those things. The first <laughs> the first week of Job's suffering when the kids or when the friends were involved, the first week they were doing great. They just sat with him. 
I mean, sackcloth, ashes, weeping, they saw his misery and they just sat with him. And then all went down the road, they opened their mouths. It was not pretty from that point. But for those first seven days, they they were right there and sitting with him and suffering. All right. So again, emotions are God-given. He designed our brains and our bodies to release the emotion and to experience them. He's not surprised by them. He's not put off by them. Um, we see a lot of examples of what this looks like in scripture. Deals patiently and kindly with us, converts, teaches, corrects. And these people in scripture were really demonstrative in their emotions. This does not mean you suddenly need to become yellers and like loud criers and ripping your clothes and all of that stuff. That's not what we're asking here. But a lot of times it's very easy for us to just keep shame on ourselves when we're feeling very real feelings and struggling with hard life. And so it's very easy to go into shame mode. Um, having more tired days or more irritable days or whatever, it can be very easy to just be really hard on yourselves for that. But God knows exactly what you're dealing with, and he's right there with you in it. And he's okay if you need to go shower, cry, go shower, cry. It's okay. <laughs> he's, he's not bothered by this. Um, he wants to be there with you in it. So a lot of times when people are grieving, we'll give um, cliches or just pat answers of, oh, God knows best, or, oh, like, when somebody passes away, oh, he's in a better place right now. The statements might very much be true, but it's not what we need right then. We need you to just kind of sit with them in the pain. They will come to that point, but right in that first moment, it's important to just be with them where they're at. Um, another one is um, just really readily, like, rapid-fire quoting scriptures at them. They're so overwhelmed with what's going on, um, and Here's one thing I forgot to add. When that limbic system is really active, that logic mode is offline. So if you're trying to logic with somebody that's in high emotion, that they're not going over here, so you might as well be speaking great. So it's it's just really being with them and finding out what they need, where they're at, and what's going to be the most helpful. <laughs> Thank you so much. For Thank you for listening to this message from Bethlehem Baptist Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for these copies or alter their content in any way without written permission from Bethlehem Baptist Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us online at Bethlehem.Church. Bethlehem Baptist Church, spreading a passion for the